How's everybody doing today? Can I ask y'all to stand up? I want to say hello to everybody on our, 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 at all. Our, our. <laughs> How you doing, campuses? What's up, y'all? How you doing? Hey, we want to say hello to everybody at all our campuses and watch it online. Let's give them a big hand out there. Got tongue tied. What's up? My name is Miles. I'm the pastor, and welcome to church today. And I'm uh, so excited about this message. And uh, let's get on our knees wherever you are. Let's get on our knees and pray. And as you get on your knees, how many would you agree that um, we as individuals, we as a city, we as a country and a world need God? There's a lot of evil in the world and a lot of uh, division and pain. And it's slowly and slow. Well, I shouldn't say slowly. It's accelerating, in my opinion, in my opinion. Um, but uh, we need God. And, and God is fastly becoming an option, a last option. We need to make him our first option. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, we want to acknowledge that you are on the throne, that you are God over everything. But we must choose to submit to you. We must choose to ask you for your help. We must choose to follow you. So I pray that you open our eyes up to how much you love us, the reality of your power, the reality of your truth, and that you would guide us in our individual lives and in our corporate lives to honor you with who we are, what we are, and to be a light in the community. In Jesus' name, amen. As you get up, tell the person next to you, I need God. Turn to Mark chapter 1, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 14. I'm wearing a military hero shirt this Saturday. We have a military heroes event, amen. Come on now. And I, I know that you heard we need volunteers, but especially th during the week to help sort clothes. We're going to give about 20,000 articles of clothing. That's what we did last year. I think we got more people now coming, but if you want to help us this week... Uh, come here, go to uh, our website, uh, DSC, text DSC to 52525 to get information about helping. And then we need people to serve that day. Um, I think we had 17 hair cutters. How many of y'all cut hair? Do any kind of hair cutting? Come on out. Come on out. We need hair cutters. Um, we want to give free haircuts to the men and the women and the kids and, and all kind of stuff. So, amen? Amen. Hey, can we give the military a big hand for, for their service our country? All the campuses, God bless y'all, God bless y'all. Um, okay, how many of y'all by show of hands have children? You have children, you've had a kid, okay. Uh, how many of you by show of hands do not have children? Okay, 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 more than not. How many of y'all, okay, great. When you have a child, um, I have three children, my wife and I have three children, 36, 35, and 33, you have an eight-year-old grandson, and so... Our first child is where this experience happened most vividly, is when you, when you have your first child, they can't do anything. Uh, they can poop, cry, and sleep. That's, that's it. They can't move. They can't feed themselves. They can't express themselves other than cry, poop, and sleep. And you watch other kids, and other kids are like, mama, dad, dad, you know, I, I love you, mama. And you can't wait for your kids to actually talk, right, so they can express themselves. Because you love them so much. By the way, for all y'all who don't have kids, when you have a child, most likely 
You are going to experience a nature and level of love you've never had for anything else in your life. Because when you, like you see a guy you like or a girl you like, you know, it's kind of an erotic, romantic kind of love. That's a different kind of love. This is a responsibility love where you feel like I, am, I own the responsibility of this whole life. Okay, because this is a human being that can't do anything for you, never done anything for you, yet you love him more than anything you've ever loved in your life. That's probably what's going to happen. That's what happened to me. Happened to a lot of most parents I know. Anyway, you get this kid and you're like, man, I love this guy, this little girl. I had a girl first. Love this little girl so much. I can't wait for her to say, daddy, I love you. And then the next level is that they can say stuff like, Dada, mama, you know, food, you know, hungry, whatever. And then the next level after that, and by the way, once they start talking and walking, you want them to go back to where they can't talk and walk. <laughs> Gets more complicated, okay? Every level has a different devil to it, okay? So then, then, they, then, they, then they get to the level where they can talk and walk and talk. And then they get to the level where they can reason. They can actually think and make decisions and 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 question stuff. And one of the first things they start to do when they get to that level is ask, why? Okay, it's time to go to bed. Why? Well, you have to rest. Why? Well, mommy and daddy won't be alone. Why? <laughs> it's why, 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 why? Last week, we started a series called Do Something. Everyone say do something. And we are a do something church. Say do something church. A do something church, do something is a outreach philosophy, and I explained the plan of do something last week, and it's four words. Count, say count, say walk, say ask, say love. Late night radio, say love. Very good. Say count, say walk, say ask, say love. Okay, count is you take a numerical assessment of the pain. How many homeless people, how many bars, how many people in the convalescent home? You count the number, okay? Then you walk to them. And then you ask, how can I help you? And then you respond in love. That's our outreach philosophy, okay? So we count all the pain in the community, all the different ways people are lost in San Diego or whatever city, and how do we go help them, okay? Today we're gonna talk about the purpose. Why? Because isn't church just about coming to hearing a sermon, checking a box, singing a song, and going home? No. It's about building the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of the church. Not the kingdom of the Rock Church. Rock Church is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation by the United States federal government, blah, blah, blah. We get tax write off for all your donations. That's all fine and good. But there's something way bigger than that, and it's the kingdom of God. Say, kingdom of God. Jesus came, look what it says in Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Jesus came, and it says, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He didn't come preaching the gospel of Rock Church or preaching the gospel of socialism or preaching the gospel of some politics. By the way, gospel means good news. He didn't come preaching political good news. He didn't come preach social good news. He didn't come preach medical good news. He came to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven. That's what we're about. Can, can I get an amen? Now, some of y'all, all of us have some kind of political perspective. Fine. There's a political perspective above that. It's the kingdom. All y'all may have, vote for a, government, a govern, governor, a senator, a president. Boom. Above all that is a king. Jesus is the king of kings. Lord of lords. Are y'all following what I'm saying? I, I, uh, let me say that again slowly because I don't want y'all to miss it. 
Some of y'all are Republicans, some of y'all are Democrats, some of y'all are independent, and some of y'all are going for the new party that hasn't been formed yet. It's fine. But there's a government above that with a leader above that with a king. Jesus. Oh, y'all found something? Okay, so I don't want y'all to miss that. That's the kingdom. There is no man-made kingdom that's going to last forever. Your money is not going to last forever. Your money is, the value of your money goes up and down. Okay, all that's temporary. There is a kingdom above that, a spiritual kingdom, and that's what Jesus came to talk about, the kingdom of God, saying, look what he says, the time is fulfilled. This is Jesus talking. The kingdom of God is here. It's ready. Believe and believe in the gospel. Now, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is that which is under the rule of a king. A kingdom is that which is under the rule of a king. In other words, anything the king has rule over, that's the kingdom. When my daughter was, our first daughter was born, we created an environment in her bedroom where she can be safe, feel comfortable, feel loved. So we got a brand new crib. We, we put colors in the wall so she, her eyes can be stimulated. We got the little toys above the crib so when she's laying on her back, she can see stuff moving. We put barbed wire around the windows outside, broken glass so no one can get in. We had, you know, cameras and, you know, uh, trip wires and, you know, walkie-talkie so we could hear her in there crying. All this stuff, y'all follow what I'm saying? We would create an environment that was consistent with our heart to protect her. When God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis chapter 1, he did it in six days. He's like, well, do you really believe that? I'm just hypothetically saying you're saying that to me. Huh? Well, it took six billion years. Okay, well, it took six billion years. If, you, if, if, if anybody can create the heavens and the earth, no matter how long it took, he's a big God. If it took six billion years, that means he's six billion years old. <laughs> so whatever you, however you slice it, this is a big, powerful God. Can I get an Amen. But I'm going to say what the Bible says he did in six days. And what he did was he created the heavens and earth. He said there's light and darkness and it's good. There's land and water. It's good. There's plants with seed after their own kind. They're good. In other words, the, the apple tree will create apple trees. You don't have to do anything about it. The oak tree will create oak trees. You don't have to do anything about it. The vegetables will create vegetables. You don't have anything about it. Then he, then he put fish in the sea. They're good. Whales will make whales. Sharks will make sharks. Minnows will make minnows. Then he put land animals. Cows will make cows. Deer will make deer. Uh, uh, foxes will make foxes. It's good. Then he put the birds in it. Eagles will make eagles. Owls will make owls. And then he made man. He told man, I'm going to paraphrase. These are my words. Adam, everything I made is good. You don't need to do nothing but not mess it up. It's under the rule of the king. The environment of the earth is perfect. Don't mess it up. Just do what I tell you. Just do what I tell you. And so whatever's under the rule of the king is the kingdom. Now, you can come to church, have your Bible, say word, Jesus, pray, I mean, and raise your hand and sing songs and not be under the rule of the king. What does that mean? I'm going to say it again. I love God. I'm reading the Bible, but I'm doing what I want to do. You're not under the rule of the king. There are a lot of people, you're going to see it in a few minutes when I get to one of my points. It, it, there are a lot of people going to say, I, who say, Lord, Lord, that don't enter the kingdom of heaven. I believe in God. Don't, there are going to be some people in heaven in, in line, and, and this is my ghetto version of saying how this is going to happen. You're in line, and you get up to the angel, and the angel says, what's up? And you say, I, 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 you know, word, Jesus, I'm going to heaven. He said, no, uh, uh, where'd that come from? Well, I went to the rock church. I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about that. 
<laughs> I have a friend of mine, he's, he's he always jokes that he's not a believer and he always says that when he dies, he's just going to say my name. I said, bruh, don't say my name. <laughs> Snatch me out. <laughs> Are you under the rule of the king? Why do we create, uh, paint graffiti off walls in San Diego to build the kingdom of God? Why do we feed people every week in one of our campuses to build the kingdom of God? Why do we serve the poor? Why do we go to prisons to build the kingdom of God? Are y'all following what I'm saying? That's why. So when we ask you to do something, it's that you would build the kingdom of God. Next week we're going to talk about the power necessary to build the kingdom of God because it's more about physical. It's about spiritual power. It's a spiritual kingdom that people's lives will be changed. Now, here's the problem. There's two kingdoms. God has a kingdom and the devil has a kingdom. Ooh. There's only two options. God's kingdom and the devil's kingdom. There's only two options because, and how do you know it? When you die, you go one of two places. Heaven where you're with God, hell where you're not. There is no in-between. And so you have to, you're living in a spiritual, you are a spiritual being right now, influenced by spirits right now. You're either influenced by a spirit that is godly or anti-godly or anti-Christ. One of the, there's no two options, no other option. And so you have to choose, choose, I am either going to be a son of God or I'm not going to be a son of disobedience. Matter of fact, let me read that to you so you, it's very clear. It's the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, he, God, made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, spiritually dead, in which you once walked according to the prince of the power of the air, the devil, the spirit of, who now works in the sons of disobedience. I'm either going to be a son of God or I'm going to be a son of disobedience. I'm going to be a daughter of God or I'm going to be a daughter of disobedience. Those are your two kingdom options. Now you might be saying, well, why would I choose the devil's kingdom? We're going to see in a minute. It's deception. You don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to serve the devil. That don't mean you don't serve him. It's by default. You're just doing what you want to do, unknowingly being deceived and influenced. So let's, let's read. Look, look what it says. Number one, God and Satan have kingdoms. God and Satan have kingdoms. Matthew, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. How many of y'all want purpose in your life? You want to know clarity in your purpose in your life? Just raise your hand. I would assume all of y'all want purpose. By the way, the more you participate, the more you learn. So elbow above your ear if you want to raise your hand. How many of y'all want purpose in your life? Can I get an amen? Oh, look at all that. All over the place. By the way, if you want purpose, seek God's rule in your life. Seek the kingdom of God. Remember, kingdom is anything under the rule of the king. God, I just want to serve you. He will give you your purpose. He will lead you to green pastures. He will lead you to, to a job. He will lead you to relationships. He will lead you to a place to live. He will lead you to everything you need to do. Just seek the rule of the king. Think about all you people who have kids. How many great things did you do for that kid? And that kid did nothing to deserve it. Nothing. What did your kid do? Poop, cry, and sleep. You're lazy lima bean. You do nothing but sleep in the bed. <laughs> and you're like, my baby, this is so cute. Oh, my gosh. Let me get a clean blanket. Let me get the food. Get the warming up right temperature. Let me get the diapers. I got to wipe your butt. I got to make sure you're clean. They did nothing. Nothing to deserve it. Except they were your kid. You think what God does for you because you deserve it? He 
loves you more than you can imagine. And when, for all of y'all who don't have kids, and whenever I meet people who have kids for the first time, I say, what was your, what, what was your aha? What did you like, oh, snap with God? That's how he feels towards me. Nope, a thousand times even better than that. He, he loves you more than you can imagine. Just, just trust him. Seek his rule, his lordship in your life. Look what it says about the devil. The devil says, if Satan, Jesus said, if Satan cast out Satan, they were accusing Jesus of casting demons out by the power of the devil. Jesus said, if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his ooh, kingdom? By the way, Satan also has a throne. He has a kingdom. He rules. And by the way, he has influence in all of our lives. All of us. Because he's a deceiver. He's a, that's the spiritual battle we are in constantly. And if you don't acknowledge that battle, and if you don't intelligently say, God, help me fight that battle, you will lose that battle. You will lose that battle. God and Satan are in opposition to each other. God and Satan are in opposition to each other. Obvious, light and dark, good and evil. Matter of fact, every movie you watch, next time you watch a movie, check this out. There's a good guy and a bad guy. A good guy, and in the first five, ten minutes of the movie, they're going to set this up. This guy or woman, this character, is trying to do this good thing, and this bad thing is trying to prevent them. And the whole movie is the, is the, is the drama, uh, the conflict of the bad guy trying to stop the good guy, and the good guy always has to win in the end. That's every movie you watch. Even if it's a love story. I, I love, um, I, I'm not a chick flick guy. But every now and then, I watch a chick flick, and I'm like, that was pretty good. <laughs> But even in the chick flicks, I don't know if y'all saw the word, the, the, the movie uh, Made in Manhattan with uh, Jennifer Lopez. Okay. The underdog woman gets the guy. Okay. She's an underdog. She had a rough start. She's looking at these people with all this stuff. And then she, it, it, that's the challenge. That's the, the if, if, if you want to say good and bad, but there's a challenge. So every movie, it's, it's, it's a depiction of this opposition. Look what it says in, in um, uh, Matthew 16. Matthew 16 says, um, Jesus said he was going to be crucified. Jesus said, I'm going to be betrayed, beat, denied, crucified, die, rise from the dead. And Peter said, no, my Lord, no, 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 no. And Jesus said to him, he turned and said to Peter, get out of my, behind me, Satan. He called his disciple Satan. He says, you are not mindful, you're an offense to me, you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now, if I'm Peter, I'm like, look, Jesus, come on, why I got to be the devil? Can I be like an idiot, bad guy? Why I got to be the devil? Here's what Jesus was saying. Either, either, <laughs> you're either for me or against me. You're either for the kingdom of God or for the kingdom of the devil. He called Peter the devil. Now you would think it would be noble to say, I don't want you to be crucified. You're not going to be beat. You're not going to be whipped and die. Jesus said, that's part of the plan of salvation. It's the whole reason I came. Matter of fact, let me, let me say it again. The whole reason I came 
and for me to fulfill what God called me to fulfill involves pain. If anyone ever led you to believe that, hey, if I get saved, all my pain's going to go away, they don't read the Bible. There's pain in this world because this world is fallen. It's, it's, it's imperfect. The only time pain is going to go, 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 go away is in heaven. However, it's, it's better to walk through the pain with Jesus than without Jesus. And so he said, get behind me, Satan. You are not mindful of the things of God. You're mindful of the things of the devil. Of man. Man, me, is about a satanic, and I say satanic because when we think of satanic, we think of the movie The Exorcist or somebody, I, I don't watch those I don't watch those kind of movies, so I don't know the latest one. You know, like, like, like Freddy, 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 uh, what's it called? Freddy Krueger. I've never seen a Freddy Krueger movie. I've just seen the little clips. I, I ain't into that stuff. But that stuff is demonic. Every single one of you is made in the image of God. And when God created man, he created man in his image so his glory can be displayed through you and me. The devil says, I hate God. I can't beat God, but I can beat them. So any way I can deceive them to not glorify God, I win. And the best way for me to do that is to get for them to kill each other. That's all demonic. That's all, Look at, the next, look at the next point. This is so critical. God's kingdom is about truth. Satan's kingdom is about deception. One of the biggest deceptions of people is to not acknowledge the devil at all. In other words, we think the devil, oh, we think, we think, we think the devil is about those scary, you know, chop people up movies. Oh, the devil is most effective in his subtle, subtle deception. The devil is never, I doubt, ever, unless you call on him a day and night, ever going to reveal himself to you. He's not going to come to you and say, yeah, I'm going I'm to destroy your life. And I'm going to do it first by getting you to smoke a cigarette. And then after you smoke cigarette, then you're going to smoke weed. And after weed, I'm going to get you on heroin. And then you're going to chop your family up. And then you're, you're going to spend all time in solitary confinement. That ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. He's going to first start you out with a little candy cigarette that you smoke with its little gum inside. And you blow the little powder out. And you don't think that's pretty cool. Oh, you don't think that's from the devil? Come on. He's going to first start you out by watching stuff for, some stuff on TV that's suggestive, sexually subjective, or, or pa- uh, kids dis- disobeying their parents on television, or listening to music that is X-rated. It's very subtle. That's his nature. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says, therefore, do not let your good be evil spoken of. The kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. It's not about just rules. It's about spiritual in your heart. It says righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. And what does that mean? Is that, the, is that, is that, the, that means that, oh, if I do these three things, if I eat this right food, go to church and, and do my thing, God, is, no, no, no. It's about what is the Holy Spirit doing in your life? How is he changing your heart? And how is he changing your behavior? How you talk, how you perceive yourself, how you perceive other people, how you forgive. And it is a dynamic thing that happens for your whole life. 
That's the, that's the kingdom of God, his constant transformation of who you are through the Holy Spirit living in you, which we're going to give you an opportunity to do in a minute. But look at the devil. Look about the devil. Look what it says about the devil. The devil himself transforms him into an angel of light. What does that mean? That the devil can make himself look like the nicest person in the world. The devil's advice can seem like the smartest thing in the world. How many of you have ever made a decision and it was totally self-destructive? And, yeah, go ahead, raise your hand. Go ahead, raise your hand. <laughs> okay. And you were like, man, this is... Now, sometimes we just make mistakes. But other times we're deceived. I smoke weed. That wasn't a mistake. I was deceived. I knew Weed was weed. It wasn't no medicinal. There was no such thing as medicinal weed when I was growing up. It was just weed. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's a medicine. I'm not saying that it don't help people. I'm just saying. When I was growing up, that wasn't like, oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, it's medicinal. No, we were getting high. <laughs> then I went into cocaine. Vowed never to do cocaine. It was deception. Because those eight years that I did weed and cocaine, I wasted so much time. I had my perception of my life, myself, my future scarred. It was deception. It was deception. And he, some of y'all have met people, ladies, you met guys. And, and, and let me tell you something, we, we're all so caught up in this that it is so important to pray and hear God and see what God has for us because we all can be deceived and tricked. The good thing is that God says when we fall down, the Bible says he picks us back up. That's the process. That's the, that's the spiritual warfare that we are in constantly because we are so surrounded and inundated by these, the war of these two kingdoms. The war of these two kingdoms is is, is, is on the spiritual level, on an invisible level, very subtle. Look at what the next one it says. It says the kingdom membership is known by obedience. Everyone say obedience. Oh, my gosh. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the what? Of oh, my father. In other words... Remember I said the kingdom is not about eating and drinking, which means the kingdom is not about you doing three rules and you're in. The kingdom is about you doing what God says, whether you like it or not. Well, what does that mean? Well, I want you to read, God said, I want you to read, the, get up early and let's spend some time, this is God talking to you, spend some time in prayer and reading the Bible. I don't want to do it. So get up and spend some time in word and prayer. Go say sorry to that person. I don't want to say sorry. No, go say sorry to that person. The difference between the person in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil is the kingdom of God person does what God tells them. Remember, the, the person under the rule of the king. It's not about what you want. It's about being obedient. If you're, if you, if, if you're doing it because you want to do, that's not necessarily obedience. You're now serving yourself. And so it's really about saying, God, what do you want me to do? And God says, I want you to do this. I remember the first time I tithed, 10% my money. I was uh, uh, 24 years old. I just got saved. And I looked at my check. I was like, I'm going to get 10%. <laughs> and God said, how do you think you got that job? Now, 
how true that was for me. I tried out for the San Diego Chargers. Um, it was in the middle of the season. I got cut from the Rams, and three of us tried out. We had basically an hour audition, an hour workout, three guys. And, and both those guys were with me at the Rams. We all played the same position, give or take. And they worked us out. They timed us, put us all these drills and everything. And I'm in the practice going, well, he's better than me. Because he was. I was, spent the whole summer with him in training camp. And he is a better athlete than me. He's a better football player than me. It was. So we did the workout. They said, okay, go to the locker room. I'm sitting there by myself. I don't know where the other two guys went. And they came to me and said, welcome to the team. And I was like, oh, snap. No. <laughs> I never looked back. However, I'm like, I did not get that because I was better. Now, there were some other circumstances, not because of anything bad against him. However, God said, I have a bigger plan for you that you'll find out years later. My point is that don't think everything you got, you got. And don't think the people who helped you get it is from them either. It's all, God uses all of that, no doubt. But there's a God with a plan in your life. And so, so you have to realize that, look, God, it's about, am I obeying God by faith? So when I, when I got my check, and he said, now I want you to tie it back, I'm like, Okay, now I've been tied to them since 1984. It's almost 40 years. God says, I want you to trust me. And if you trust me, I want you to watch me bless you in every area of your life. And so if you are, one of the ways you know you're in the kingdom of God is that you are someone obeying God. It's that simple. It is that simple. And God, when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you, telling you to do stuff, you're like, huh? You want me to get up and do what? Huh? It's still dark outside. You want me to pray? Huh? You want me to read? Huh? You want me to say sorry to that guy? You want me to serve? You actually want me to go pray for that person? I can't remember. I'll tell you the story. I was in Hawaii. And I, and I was in a, 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 in a <laughs> that's, that's Hebrew, Hebrew. I was in a, in a, in a, in a, <laughs> the gift shop. And this, this dad with his son who had, he was in a, had a son in a wheelchair and he, Handicap, I don't know if he has cerebral palsy or something. And God said, I want you to go pray for him. I was like, man, God, no, God, I can't. That's, that's weird, God. I mean, why would I, what would be my reason? I mean, how do I just, I just go up and say, hey, man, you're in a wheelchair, I want to pray for you. He said, I want you to go pray for him. Like, ah. So God had to do, wheel the dude up behind me in line. <laughs> I want you to pray for him. I didn't do it. And I was like convicted. So later that day, I said, okay, God, now we're in a resort with like thousands of people. God, I said, God, if I see him again, if you bring him in my path, I will pray for him. So we're going to dinner that, that night. We're going to dinner and all these people walk into the restaurant, you know, it's a, it's a big resort. And all of a sudden, here he comes. <laughs> okay, God, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll walk in. I can't do it right here. And so make a long story short, make a long story short. He's at a table, like, right there. So I went over to him. I said, hey, man, you know, I knelt down. I said, God, want me to pray for you? But I don't remember exactly what I said, but I prayed for him. And I don't know what happened to him, but I know what happened to me. You don't always have to know. It's like God said, and if God would have said, you know what? I said, God, what, if, I, if I would have had this conversation with God, which I did, but I didn't get the second part of it. Okay, God, what happened? He, you know, he, he says, it don't matter. 
That's not your business. I just want you to do what I would tell you to do because you honor me. Period. No matter. That's all I want you to do. It's about obedience. Look what this says, y'all, y'all. Don't be so clapping too quick. Look what this says. What's the next verse? It says, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would have loved me, for I proceed forth and came from God. It says, nor have I come from myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. Oh, snap. If you have never asked God to be your father, your father's the devil. That's kind of harsh. That's what Jesus said. By the way, he's talking to religious leaders. He's talking to guys like me who are just like, well, I say guys like me because hopefully I'm not like that guy, but <laughs> religious leaders who think they got all the righteousness and not God. He says, you guys don't even know what you're talking about. Your father's the devil. You certainly don't understand my father because my father, I, I came from my father. This is Jesus talking. And he says, and the desires of your father you want to do. And look what it says after that. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand for the truth because there is no truth in him. Look what it keeps saying. Oh, my God. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of lies. How many of you ever, how many of you ever had a lie told to you? Okay. Guess where it came from? The father of lies. How many of you told a lie? Guess where it came from? The father of lies. So if you told a lie, it didn't come from God. That influence came from the devil. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You have to choose which kingdom are you in now. Number five. Our time is run out. Our time is run out. I got to just do this last one. And then one more after this. <laughs> and then we'll do the last one after that. God's, God's kingdom brings freedom. Say freedom. freedom. While Satan's causes bondage. Say bondage. Here's the thing. Do you want to be free or in bondage? God's kingdom, freedom. Devil's kingdom, bondage. There was a lady in the synagogue on Sabbath, and they're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said in the Sabbath, and he's like, I'm going to heal this lady because she was bound up for 18 years. Look what it says. Look what the Bible says. It says, so ought this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Satan has bound you, tied you up. He's blinded you from how valuable you are, the gifts you have, God's purpose in your life, the freedom he wants you to have. He's bound you up. And he says, should this whom Satan has bound... Then Jesus says, think about it, for 18 years. Don't you have compassion on this lady for 18 years? Shouldn't she be loose from this bond, bond that, uh, on the Sabbath? Jesus set her free. He just, bada boom, bada bing. He said, I don't, I don't, your, your human rules, I ain't bound by that. I can heal people anytime, anywhere, right now. Boom, that's what he does. And he set her free. God, God is about setting you free so you can be who God called you to be. Understand who God called you to be. Have the power to fulfill what God called you to be. Period. And it's, by the way, it's not your job. You know what I mean by that? The job you have is not necessarily your purpose. It may be, but it may not be. It's something bigger than that. Because even in your purpose, there's a spiritual, even in your purpose of selling widgets or selling houses or whatever you do, serving food, running the business, inside of that is the kingdom of God business of the souls of the people you work with. That's what God wants for you in, in your life. And so God wants to set you free for that. So here's my last point, and I will land a plane on this one. What's the last one? God's kingdom. Next one. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. God's, <laughs> very good. Kingdom membership requires a new birth. Have you ever heard somebody say, are you one of those born-againers? Anybody ever asked you that? You're one of those born-againers? I get asked it all the time. You're one of those born-againers? I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, you mean you ain't born again? You got the, the old birth, the crusty birth, the one that's going to die? 
You got, that's what you got. Oh, no, there's, a, there's a, something better than that, baby. Let me tell you something. When you get first born the first time, your mother and your father, your mother and your father, they're going to die. They're going to die. They're wonderful people. My parents both died. God says you got to be born again. Your heavenly father. First birth is a flesh and blood of water. You're in the womb 40 weeks in water. You and me, human beings, like this for 40 weeks in water. Miracle. I don't have time to get into it, but it's a miracle that you would be in water for 40 weeks in a, in a, in a tomb. And then you come out and take a breath. Oh. Ask your gynecologist or your doctor about what happens in the person's heart and lungs, how the blood changes that instant to go to the lungs for the first time to get air from your breath. Oh, it's God. Okay, that's your first birth. God says now once you have a spiritual birth where your heavenly father becomes your father by confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart God raised him from the dead. The reason he died is because your sin has separated you from your heavenly father. And then when you ask God to forgive you, you are now born again and united to your heavenly father. It's a relationship. But unless you do that, you are not part of the kingdom. You're not part of the kingdom because you're in this building. Just as much as if you go lived in your garage, you wouldn't be a car. <laughs> if I just go to church, I'm a Christian. No, you're not. I was born in America, I'm a Christian. No, you're not. I got a Bible, you're a Christian. No, you're not. It's when the king has rulership over your life because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And the only thing that's going to happen is if you invite the Holy Spirit into your life. He's, God is not going to bogart his way into your life. So here in a minute, we're going to pray and give you opportunity to say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I have been separated from you. Please forgive me of my sin and fill me with the Holy Spirit. I want to be born again. Look what the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 33, uh, 3, 3, and this is what we're going to end here. Jesus said to him, Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, and Nicodemus was a rabbi. He was a Pharisee. He was, he, he was very educated in, 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 in the Old Testament. And he said, Jesus, how do you do what you do? You walk on water, you heal the blind, the deaf, the mute, the dumb, and, you, and the dumb can't speak. And you can't, how do you do the miracles? You cast out demons, you raise the dead. How? I don't get it. That's because all you know is book knowledge. And by the way, this book has book knowledge and spiritual knowledge, but he wasn't getting the spirit part. Jesus said, uh, most assuredly, Nicodemus, unless you are born again, boop, Holy Spirit, eyes open in your heart, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You're just not going to get it. You know, it's not going to make sense to you. And so in a minute, we're going to pray and, you, and give you an opportunity to say, Lord, I want to be born again. I want to know this new birth and I want to be part of the kingdom and I want to learn what it means to live in the kingdom and be a citizen of heaven. You can be a citizen of the United States. I love the United States. It's the best country in the world. Great. But this is a better country. This is a better, better citizenship. It's in heaven. So I'm going to ask all y'all in all the campuses to bow your head. Before you bow your head though, look here, look here. Next week we're going to talk about the power to do something. Holy Spirit power. I want you to come, but I want you to do two things. I want you to come on time. Come on time. Service is 9-11. Come five, be in your seat like five minutes before so you can get your heart ready to worship the king. When you come late, unless you have something happen, you insult the king. 
because you're communicating to the king, it's not important to me to be in your presence during worship. Now, stuff happens, I get it. But some of y'all are just late all the time. You just are because it's not important to you. Because you think, I don't need to be late. I'm good. You're sending a message to the king. I don't need all that worship. Oh, yes, you do. So, number one, come early. Everyone say early. Okay. And then bring a friend. Say bring a friend. Ah, I got to invite somebody. Yeah, get over yourself. Getting rejected is way overrated. It's actually healthy for the soul. Someone will say, the, the, you're probably going to get is, well, you know, I'll think about it. I don't really go to church. Most likely that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get you blankety blank blank. Who do you You're probably not going to get that. But if you do, guess what? God felt like that would be good for your soul. Because what he would communicate to you is that that blankety-blank-blank criticism is not going to destroy you. It's not. I'm sorry. Just one more story. There was a movie. I can't remember the name movie. I'm not going to try to figure it out. But in this movie, these two kids were going to this haunted house, and there was an old lady in the house. And the myth was if you looked in the old lady's eyes, you see how you die. So they said, we're going to go in the house because little kids like to go in haunted houses at night just because that's what we do. And they said, don't look in the lady's eyes because you see how you die. So they go in the house. The lady comes around the corner and one kid looks in her eyes and they run out scaring. And he said, did you look in her eyes? He said, yes, I looked in her eyes. Why? Because if I know how I die, I will know that I survive everything else. If someone curses you out and you realize that you survive it, guess what? You don't have to worry about it anymore. So don't trip. Invite them to church. If they say no, go invite somebody else. If they say no, now, oh, it's on. Someone's coming to church with me. You find somebody. So, so here's what we're going to do. I want you all to bow your heads and close your eyes. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, I pray that everyone will be thinking, I got to get up 15 minutes earlier, Sunday. I got to get my Bible out, my clothes out. I got to get ready because being in the presence of God is important. Serving the King is important. And I pray that they start thinking even now of three or four people that they're going to invite and bring to church. If you would like to ask Jesus to be your Savior, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe I'm a sinner. I believe the penalty of my sin is death. But I believe Jesus loves me. He died and rose from the dead. Jesus, please forgive me. Come live in my heart and be my Savior. I want to be born again.